Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Everybody, it's Greg Harrelson here with another episode of the Level Up podcast. And um, you know, I probably say this a lot, but I'm excited about the guests. Um, and yes, I am excited about the guests that I have here today. And a lot of you probably recognize uh, the guest, Chris Heller, with Ojo uh, Labs. Um, but I'm excited because you know, Chris and I. Um, met each other years and years ago through the Mike Ferry organization. I, it might be 20 years, Chris. I, I'm not really sure how long. Uh, I think it's it more, I, Greg. I think it's more than that. I think it was the like probably the mid 90s or early 90s. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, you know, gosh, that that's a that's a while. That's exciting. Yeah. But you know, yeah. one of the things I, I want to say about Chris that you know I don't know if people say it or don't say it, but I I take a lot of pride personally. And being able to uh, share information based on my experiences versus what books that I read, and 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 sometimes you may hear me say, "Oh, I know that person has street cred," you know. And Chris Heller has a lot of street credibility. Now he has a lot of credibility. Um, you can see in the background this new book that he uh, that he co-authored. It's fantastic, Dominant Thoughts. That gives him credibility. But I will tell you, and what I want you to listen for is I want you to listen for his street credibility, the knowledge that he'll share that's coming from the experiences that he's had. Because I think that's where the nuggets come from is when people speak from experience. So you're probably getting tired of me, Chris, bragging about you, but I really do. Um, anytime I see your name or see your text or see your phone call, uh, I pick it up and you seem to do the same for me. So I've appreciated that friendship, but welcome to the Level Up Podcast. Hey, thanks, Greg. I'm a, I'm, I've known you so long, always been an admirer and a fan. I, I, I watch as much of your podcast as I can because it's always, it's, I don't know that there's been anyone all these years that um, that that um, there's two things I want to say that delivers the right messages at the right time to agents mm. like you do. But also, whenever I hear you talking, those words could just as well be coming out of my mouth because I, I think we we are we, I think we came from the same mold. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it. And you know, it's like thinking about you today, I'm like, I know this is going to be a great conversation because there, we're not going to surprise each other a lot, but we'll probably not one up each other, but we'll dig deeper with each other. And yeah. that's a, that's a cool little collaboration. So, um, I, I'm, I'm, I want to kind of, I really want to talk about your book and, and what I, it, it's not really about the promotion of the book and whatnot, but you have some, there's some chapters, I would say, some talking points that you share in your book that I just think they're actually so simple and basic that I think a lot of coaches forget to talk about them. But they happen to be some of the most critical. So sometimes in the coaching industry, I think that uh, coaches can talk about the big things, but the big things don't necessarily move the needle as much as the small things. And that's what I, I really think about your, your, your book. So I want to dive into that if you're okay with that. Absolutely. Okay. So I'm just going to go right into it, right into it. You, you talked about 
not being attached from the outcome. And I'm thinking about today's market. Um, there are a lot of real estate agents that are out that have gotten really, really comfortable with doing business a certain way, receipt, getting certain results. And not too long ago, things have really changed. We have yeah. we're experiencing a shift all over the country. And a good friend of mine, and you know him very well, Tony DeCello and I were talking. And he said something to me. He says, Greg, this was just three weeks ago. He says, Greg, I think real estate agents are reacting to this shift more than the consumers are. I think real estate agents are more concerned about this shift than the consumers are. And then I saw your chapter, don't be attached to the outcome. Can you just share your thoughts on that, on, on the outcome and maybe how it relates to today? Yeah, absolutely. And um, and I'll apologize. I know my background's kind of wonky. There's things showing up. I am, I'm, there's construction going on in my house. I'm sitting in a bunk room. I'm sitting on a beanbag. It's less than perfect. So if you wonder what that stuff is happening around me, um, I can't do anything about it. So uh, it, where this came from, a long time ago, there was, I observed a lot of things. And that's, that's really how I learned when I first got started. I was watching all the other agents in the office. And I would see something happen. Um, typically, it was a it was a failure in a transaction, right? Or some bad news or some bad event. Uh, you know, a deal fell out last minute. A, a buyer bought from someone else. A, you know, someone canceled the listing. And I would see how agents would react, and and they would be crushed. You know, they they you know it'd be like, hey, has anyone seen Greg? I haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. Now nah, he lost that deal, and no one's seen him since. You know, it's like. <laughs> you know, like they just, they're like totally taken out of the game. And, you know, one of the things I always tried to work on was developing a really strong mindset because I knew the stronger my mindset, the more um, effective and, and uh, easier it would be to do what I needed to do every day to accomplish my goals. So I started thinking about, man, how can I not be, I'm human, we all get affected, but when you get attached to something, and, and your emotions get involved and you feel it emotionally or feel it in your gut when it happens, it's really hard to be objective at that point. It's really hard to be coming from a place of power. So what's the alternative? The alternative is being committed to something, committed to the outcome, committed to making a difference, committed to your client getting the home or getting their home sold, but not being attached to it. Um, I think about you know an emergency room doctor. If he was attached to the outcome of every patient that he saw every day long, how many days could that doctor go before he's like ready to jump off a building? I mean, they're committed to helping all the patients, but if they were emotionally attached to everyone, it'd be horrible. Mm. As service providers, part of what people hire us for is our professionalism, our counsel, our, our being able to be that advisor. And, and you have to be able to be objective and not coming from a, a needy place or an attached type of, of mentality. As it relates to the market right now, you're right. And I think Tony's right. I think because of all the, how much more we're exposed to news and interconnected to social media and everything else, things get amplified. And, and a change in the market happens all the time. You know, it's, you know, now we have been in a sustained, you know, uh, upward trending market, no doubt about that. But for those of us who have been in the business for a while, we've seen this multiple times, right? And the world doesn't end. In fact, there's more opportunities and I'm sure we'll talk about that, but um, not being attached to the outcome 
but committed to helping your client or commit your goals or doing those things is where we all want to be able to operate from. Yeah. You know, that's and 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 part of what I wrote and like I wrote notes all over your book, right? And Good. and and I I put in here that um you know based on the 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 commitment was like there's people out there that you're telling, like I'm telling, hey, go out there and start lead generating. You know, you got to get that habit back. And then they're saying, yeah, but you know, the interest rates are high. Buyers are not going to want to buy. You know, they they've got this outcome that they actually, it's almost like hallucination. They're 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 hallucinating that the outcome is actually going to be bad. So therefore, they don't do the activity. So I was looking at this, and I'm like, gosh, if we would just say, hey. Instead of having this conversation about what's possibly going to happen, how about just make a commitment to lead generation a few hours a day? The outcome will be the outcome, which is something we cannot control. But that's one of the things that I started thinking about is the commitment versus the stressing of uh, of the outcome is just follow the process. Yeah. Follow the process. It is. is, Commit um... to the process. And it's, it's a lot easier to follow the process, Greg, and do what you're advising people to do yeah. when um, when you're not an emotional wreck, right? When you're not okay. when you're not you know so attached to things that you're you're not operating you know from your from your best place. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, look at the process. Processes work. Right? That's why they exist. Following them is the challenge. Um, and then the other point that that I want to make based on what you said is. We don't have control over the things that happen. We do have control how we react to them. And that's that's what matters, right? We have to we have to say, okay, but and we all have bad stuff happen in our lives, and we all will have bad stuff happen and 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 we have good things happen, but it's how we react is everything, not the things that happen. You know, like um, you know, and so my my thought on that is like when somebody says, Oh, sales is stressful, I think you've used that as one of your examples. Oh, sales is stressful. And I and I wrote down here. No, sales is not stressful. How you perceive sales is stressful. It's not actual sales. It's the story around the sales. And we need to be careful going into the shifted shifting market and make sure that we're telling the right story. Yeah. Let's not talk about the next market is not bad. Yeah. Matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever heard this this conversation. I was talking to somebody at Zillow, and they said, "Greg, do you know what year in the last twenty five years had the most sales in any given year in America?" And I said, "Two thousand six." They corrected me, said it was two thousand five. They says, "Okay, well, which year had the least amount of sales?" And I said, "Two thousand ten." They said, "Bingo, I got it right." But then he said to me, "In two thousand five, the average per person production in America was five point five transactions." That's the year the most sales took place. In 2010, average per person production was around eight and a half. In the year that was that people would perceive as being the worst market, the average the the agents that were in the business did more business. Yeah. We should be that's the story we should be telling about the shifting market. Well, that's exactly what you and I were talking about before we started <laughs> today was how excited we are about about this market because this is a market of opportunity this is a market to take territory this is a market to expand market share um and and that's how good agents perceive things and to your point two agents could have the exact same thing happen right they could have a conversation with a buyer and the buyer says 
hey, I think I'm going to hold off. I think prices are going to come down. I think interest rates are too high. How we react to that and how we perceive that, if I perceive it as an opportunity and you perceive it as reality, um, how we how effective we are in those conversations are going to be dramatically different. Because you're likely to say, and I don't mean you because you're a professional, but the other person is going to say, well, okay, well, I'll just stay in touch. And, you know, if things change, let me know. Or if we yes. see rates coming down, you know, where the other person is going to say, you know, let's talk about that. Maybe prices are going to go down in this area. How much do you think they're going to go down? Well, maybe they're going to go down 5%. Well, wow, if we could find a home you love right now and buy it for 5 or even 10% less than it's currently at, is there any reason why you wouldn't want to do that? And Well, but interest rates are high, Chris. They are. But if you can qualify and afford that payment and, and maybe not even being paying a lot more than you're paying in rent right now, and then in two years, rates come down and you refinance and you're living in the house that you own, that you've been building equity in, that you've been getting a tax write-off on, and now your payment just went down. Is that a bad thing? You know, so it's just getting people to... What happens a lot with buyers and sellers, and you know this as well as anyone, is they have what I call surface-level concerns. And, but they don't really... They don't really yeah. connect the dots all the way down to what it really means. And a, a great salesperson will help help them get beyond those surface level concerns and really examine, hey, is this the best decision or not? Yeah, an example, I call it uh, short term. Uh, they got a sh- they're very short sighted, like a buyer, to, like agents in my office are saying, man, these buyers are saying they're just going to wait to see what happens. They think the market's going to come down in the next year uh, or in the next six months. They may just wait and see what happens. And I said, OK, I'm just kind of curious. Um, you know, when they do purchase, how long do they plan on living in this property? Oh, well, I don't know. We'll ask them. Probably 10 years. Okay, good. So what happens in the next six months is not going to be the situation in 10 years from now. So there, you know, what we do, we have to do with those buyers is we have to get them thinking about the whole 10-year investment that they're making, not the action. They're not, they're not a flipper, but they think of it like in such short burst of time. Yeah. And be, but whatever happens in the next six months is so irrelevant to the buyer today because they're going to see it go up, down, up, down multiple times before it's 10 years. Tell them to start talking to you about two years before the 10 year mark, and then you can start advising them. But right, 10 year, we're 10 years too early to have this conversation right now. Yeah, on the money with that one. Yeah. Okay. So there was another one about paying attention. And, um, and, and for those of you that have not, read the book, Dominant Thoughts. One of the things that I like about it is you really are just, you're telling a story. It's lessons through through a, through a story, which is, which for some reason, because of audiobooks, I don't read as many books. And this made this one, like one was very easy to read um, yeah. because of that, you know? Um, yeah. But, business, I mean, and that, and I'll tell you why, Greg, in, in yeah. um, business parables, these short stories, when I look back, to like probably around the time we met or even earlier, some of the books I read that were the most impactful to me were these type of books. You know, this book's 118 pages. It's a little, it's a quick read, but it's a story that gives you lessons like The Richest Man in Babylon. I was just thinking about that one. I was thinking about that. My dad made me read that one real early on. I just remember that one. Yeah, um, Ogmandino's The Greatest Salesman in the World, like those type of stories. And so I thought, well, I have these lessons. I, you know, I don't want to do like here's ten lessons in ten chapters. I can do that by do it in the form of the stories. I think it's just, it's. I think it's much more um, uh, digestible. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. Well, you talk about paying attention, and um, tell me more about that. I could frame it a couple of different ways. 
one of the ways is is really and new agents struggle with this more because instead of paying attention, their mind is racing with what do I say next? What am I going to say? What do I do? Because they haven't taken the time to really learn their scripts and dialogue. So they can't really be in the conversation. They're in their head thinking instead of paying attention. What I always tell agents is the, the, the buyer or seller sitting in front of you will give you everything you need to be able to help them if you pay attention. So a, a buyer says, uh, you know, like we said, hey, we're going to hold off or we're, you know, worry about this. What would have someone say that? You know, the answer is it's probably a fear or concern. So then, you know, identify the fear or concern and address that instead of addressing what they said. Or a seller saying, you know, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to give my house away. Uh, you know, I'm not, I don't think that's, that's too low. I don't want to list at that price. Well, okay. Instead of trying to convince them that they're not giving their house away or that's not too low or anything else, address what would have them say that. So pay attention to what's behind the words they're using or what they're saying, because that's the real issue. And if we don't know, then just ask more questions. And if you ask more questions, you'll get to the real issues. So that's one example of, of paying attention. Yeah. Can I, can I, yeah. So one, I, one of the things that I just wrote down here is some of the greatest research a real estate agent can ever conduct is by actually lead generating every day. Because if you're lead generating every day, you're talking to people and yep. then you're going to start to see patterns. Like I can remember eight months ago, as I'm training my agents, I heard a pattern. I started hearing this pattern of buyers. Well, let's go 10 months ago. Buyers, this is what they were saying. What is it going to take for me to get this one? I don't want to lose another one. If I have to pay over full price, just tell me what I got to make the offer. I'll do it. I'll no appraisal. I'll pay the extra appraisal gap, et cetera. That was the conversation. And then around eight months ago, we started hearing this conversation where the buyers are saying, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't really want to do that. I just, you know what? I'm just going to stay where I am. Something shifted in the conversation. And if you're making a lot of, if you're having a lot of conversations, you'll hear that it shifts. It, it'll come and go in waves. You can hear like more than one person saying it. And what I was training my agents, uh, Chris, was I think we just are experiencing a shift. And that is we just shifted from certainty, buyers having the ultimate certainty, they're willing to pay anything, it doesn't really matter, it's gonna con continue to go up anyways, yep. to now uncertainty, which is doubt, and they're hitting the pause button. But yep. I think that's what you're talking about, it's like paying attention to this. It wasn't the words more so than it was like just the shift in the mentality. Yeah, it's, 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 um. And sometimes, you know, we just need to to get off the hamster wheel long enough to to look at what's going on. And you know, we we've often in the past talked about the difference between working in our business and working on our business. But for the salesperson out there, for the agent out there, it really is those little nuances, like you said that that you notice and what many of us did, um, is everything we need to know to be successful is, is out there. It's just, are we paying attention to it? Are we listening? Are we asking the right questions? Uh, and if we do, it's, it's really easy, not only easier to be successful, but it's also easier to differentiate yourself from all the other agents that they're talking to that aren't paying attention. Yeah. You, you, you know, one thing you've said a few times already today is the, the ask questions. 
you know, ask questions. You just, you, 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 you sometimes, it seems like that keeps coming out of your mouth in different scenarios. Well, why are you, why do you emphasize so much? What's important about asking questions? I mean, I have my opinions, but I just want to get your thoughts for the audience. Um, there's a couple thoughts, and this is stuff that you and I were taught really early on. Um, selling isn't telling, selling is asking questions, right? If you're just no. talking, I, I, I listened into a role play yesterday, and the guy was making all these statements. I said, you know, if you put those statements in the form of questions and have the, the consumer interact with you, it'll be much more powerful. And in a, like, let's take a listing presentation situation. The person asking the questions is actually the one controlling the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about like manipulating or control. I'm talking about is directing or setting the direction of the conversation. So those are two really important reasons to ask questions. Another important reason is think of a doctor. You know, what does a doctor do when you first go in to see him? They just ask you a bunch of questions. Now, why are they asking their questions? Are they curious, they want to get to know, no, they want to know how they can best help you. And unless they ask those questions, they can't say, okay, Chris, here's what we need to, here's what's going on. And here's what we're going to need to, here's what we're going to do to fix it. And here's what I need you to do. And here's what I might, yeah. Right. So as, as professionals, whether it's a doctor, an attorney, uh, you know, a, a financial attorney, advisor. Yeah. They, they're, whether they're going to ask you a lot of questions so they can see how they can best help you. That's our job also to ask those questions so we can really focus on the example I heard just the other day when this agent was role-playing was he assumed because the buyer made a comment that they were going to, they were just going to put things on hold for a while. He assumed it was because of the market. I said, what if they're putting it on hold because, and he went into this whole thing about the market and but I said, what if they're putting it on hold because they're waiting for an inheritance? What if they put it on hold because they're waiting for a job promotion? What you're yeah. talking you're talking about all this that might not be relevant to them in, in any way, shape, or form. You have to ask more questions before you talk about, you know, what, what's relevant to them. Yeah. You know, and sometimes, you know, uh, talking about paying attention, I, I and maybe this is a little bit of an exaggeration, but um, I, I've said on record, and I actually believe it, whether or not anyone else just thinks I'm full of it or not. I when when I was used to work expires, like very aggressively when there was a ton of them, I, I used to say, and I do believe this today, that I could tell by their breathing pattern what they were actually saying. Like for instance, if I ask a questions of like, um, you know, I'm just kind of curious, why do you think it failed to sell with your previous agent? And they answer something like this. <sighs> Well, like, so an exhale like that is usually what we do in defense if somebody kicks us or punches us in the gut. It's we exhale to absorb a blow. Or if I say, I'm just kind of curious, what are you hoping to get for your property? Well, that's kind of the problem. I'm hoping I can get 600,000. That means they don't believe they can get 600,000. That yeah. just means they're throwing it out there. We got to pay attention to not just the words, but the tonality, the inflection, um, there's so much more to it, but it all comes from asking that question. It really does. Yeah. 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 And that's why questions are so important. It's just, um, you know, it when we assume things or we think we know what they're thinking or the direction they're going, we oftentimes can be completely wrong. And then, and then we wonder why the call ended bad or the meeting didn't go well or they didn't hire me or, you know, those type of things. Yeah. So the next chapter is, uh, I just, 
I was I smiled when I saw the the title and I I actually read this one before I didn't read it all in order I kind of chose based on the uh, the the table of contents um, was having fun so yeah. I have this rule and I don't think my wife still today understands the rule um, and it's I know it's not a rule that I put on my wife <laughs> let me get that clear um, but I have a rule for myself and that is if it's not fun I don't do it yeah. Now, a lot of people will hear that and think, well, that's pretty irresponsible because it can't all be fun. And I said, no, no, it's my responsibility to bring fun to the activity. It, 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 that doesn't mean that if this is not fun, then I won't do it. It means that if I'm not having fun, that's my responsibility and I need to shift my mindset. Yeah. Right. I love but that. What, yeah. yeah. So tell me about what you're thinking, because I, I, I yeah. think this is so important to one's success and growth is fun when you're trying to grow and learn and do better you it's easy to fall into a trap of of, of taking things too seriously mm -hmm. and um you know like there's a lot of a lot of adages and sayings right no one gets out of this thing alive right this is mm -hmm. this is uh you know if we're not having fun to your point then work actually really is work Right. right now, there's a bunch of contractors working around this house. It's hot out. They're working hard. They're sweating. That is work. Now, I hope, and I know some of them, because I, I brought some of them here from, from California to work here. Um, some of them know how to have fun and they have fun and, and you know, they're, they're smiling, laughing, but they're getting stuff done. Uh, we want to make sure that, to your point, we bring fun to it. It's not whether it is fun or not. It's are we That's bringing right. fun to it? And we have to make sure we are. Because how else do you do something on a on a prolonged you know basis, day after day, if you don't bring fun to it? So little things, I um, well, hell, you and I used to do it together. We, we were accountability partners for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that made our, our daily prospecting and our follow-up and everything more fun because there was a competition, there was... There was a gotcha if you didn't do it. There was yeah. you know, all, all sorts of things. So those little things really help you um, operate at a higher level. Hey, hey look, at, look at professional athletes. If you really watch, you know, whether it's professional baseball or football or the world uh, track meet that just happened, the, the top people in their field, they have fun, right? They, are, they, they smile a lot more than the ones that aren't, aren't at that level. Yeah. You know, I think of Matthew Ferry a lot, you know, because spent as you have spent a lot of time with him. And he really got me uh, thinking about, you know, those words like being. And one of the things that I uh, that I wrote down here is that. Fun is not about the doing. It's about the being. It doesn't yeah. like two people could be doing the same thing, but experiencing totally different you know, having totally different experiences. One could be experiencing joy and one could be experiencing something of a, of a negative nature, but the doing itself is the same. And I, I try to share with my agents. I just imagine like, I, I think of my friends and, 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 and if I had a friend call me up and say, Hey, Greg, can you come over to my house? I got a water problem in the backyard. I need you to help me dig this di ditch three feet deep, like 20 feet long. I'd be like, dude, if you don't, if you need some money, I'll give you the money. I'm not doing that. That's uh uh. I'm not doing that. But yeah. if he called me up and he says, Hey, Greg, I need you to help me dig a ditch three feet deep, 20 feet long. Um, and it's, you're going to have to fly with me to Africa. But when we finish this ditch, we're going to connect this tribe. 
to an actual clean water source and probably save around 300 children's lives every year. Would you join me? The, it's the same 20 foot ditch, three feet deep, but the meaning that I'm bringing to the ditch totally changes my motivation. Yeah. And I think that's what, if I could get that out to more people, it's just like, hey, it's who we're being while we're doing that creates the experience. So even yeah. if you're generating, if you guys are hearing me, I'm saying generating a few times here, even when you're doing lead generation, it's who you're being, not what you're doing that determines your experience. Yeah. And, and another flavor of that is just changing the context. Like that example okay. you gave, that, all that was different was the context. And when you change the context, it, it can change everything. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? So, uh, you know, we know there's a there, there's a um, we know we're dealing with a shift, but you've been around long enough through multiple shifts. You know, what are a few things that um, that you feel maybe agents got away from in the last market that they may need to get back to in this market? Anything come to your mind? First thing that comes to my mind is the last market it was all about speed, right? Like you had to you had to you had to respond immediately you had to everything was based on speed and urgency right the to find a property to get a property to mm. any everything and everything now we need to have the mindset that that needs to shift to skills um skills are more important let's face it in the last market it didn't take a whole lot to sell a house you could whisper that you were thinking about selling your house and three days later you'd have four offers on it. um now, the conversations that we need to have to help our clients be successful are different conversations. And there's a lot more skill involved in those dialogues to help that person go from a discouraged seller to a successful seller, to a fearful buyer, to a happy homeowner. And, and skills are, are a real thing. So one of the things we have to get back to is, is really developing or honing or improving our skills. Um, yeah. Another thing is, and, you know, people probably get tired of hearing this, you know, like back to the basics type type rhetoric, but it's true. I mean, we got <laughs> we got to get back to, we, we got to up the level of communication to all the people we're currently doing business with and all the people in our database. Um, yeah. Because especially in times of uncertainty, and it's not just uncertainty in the real estate market, it's uncertainty in the economy, it's uncertainty in the world. We need to be that voice of reason. We need to be that calming factor. We need to be that one delivering, hey, here's what's really happening versus all the, the fears that may have been generated by what they read or heard or think is happening. And so communication and, and getting back to communicating more and more effectively with all the people we've met over the years is, is another really important one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they very they value uh, the consumer. So when we're communicating, you know, a lot of people, I think we understand that the Internet's responsibility is to provide information. But the challenge with the Internet and information is there's so much of it now that it even conflicts. I mean, you know, I remember in the beginning, everyone's like uh, a lot of people were complaining about those Zestimates, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, look, everyone's got some sort of opinion of value on their website. And so the consumer goes and they see 20 different valuations and none of them jive. So right now people are looking for information, but they're lacking interpretation of that information. So if we take what you're saying, it's like, hey, let's let's double down on being in communication with our databases, our sphere and whatnot. The, the return off of your time now 
is actually much better than it was in the hottest port of the last market, yep. in my opinion. I totally agree. And there's another there's another benefit. When when there's a change, good or bad, or you know, whatever it is, people are talking. So the people in your database are are just like when their prices were going through the roof and they couldn't believe what the neighbor's house sold for and everything else. And they were talking about that. Now they're talking about, wow, have things changed and everything else. So anytime they're talking, you want to be talking to them because not only are they you know, potential source of, of, of something that you might be able to help them with, but they're talking to other people. So the, the amount of referrals that are available in times of change is higher than in, in other times. So that's a, another reason that we want to be doing that. Yeah, that's great. So getting back to the basics, I like that skills. Skills. You remember when um, when we we're in a market like this, when we had to do a lot of price reductions? Yeah. So, you know, that that's an example. That's the first thing that I thought about with skills. It's like, man, you know, there is a population of real estate agents that have never had to have a price reduction conversation. And that's like, that's one of the one of the for those agents that are listing properties, that's one of the most important skills in this market because we can really hurt our clients if we don't have the skills to educate them and show them what they need to do to be successful. Because here's what we know happens when they don't. They stay at the price too long. They they ultimately go, okay, we need to adjust it. They adjust it too little or maybe to where it should have been when they started two months ago, but now that price is not valid. And then they sit there for a while and then they go, oh, we need to do it again. And they end up chasing the market. And ultimately the house sells for a lot less than it should have if they would just done it right at the beginning or made that right adjustment at the beginning. And, and we need to develop the skills to have those conversations. Cause if we don't, we're going to unintentionally hurt our sellers and, and, you know, have them, you know, erode their equity when they shouldn't be. Man, a hundred percent. So I know you're busy. I want to know um, there's, there's probably somebody that's going to listen to this podcast or watch the video on Facebook that is not familiar with uh, Ojo. Can you tell me a little bit about like what does Ojo do for agents and how do they get involved? Yeah, um, and so I'll explain this like I'm talking to a, an audience of agents. Here's here's what we are. We're sort for you. We're source of business. Um, we we own the the fifth largest real estate site in the country called Movoto.com, and whether it's Movoto, Redfin, Realtor, Zillow. Um, people go to those and they want information on properties and a lot of them don't have agents. And so we talk to them and find out how we can help them or answer their questions. Um, and if they want to be connected to an agent or need to be connected to an agent and aren't committed to one, we ask them, would you like to be connected to one of one of the top agents in your area or in the area you're looking? And so we have a network of people who have joined Movoto, almost, uh, almost 32,000 now wow. around the country. And we make live introductions of these buyers and sellers to those agents. Um, you know, we have standards. There's, you know, you gotta, gotta be experienced, you gotta be productive. And then once you're in the network, you gotta produce. Uh, and if you do, you get more opportunities. If you don't, you get fewer opportunities, but we, you know, we're another source, uh, uh, of, of business for agents for consumers. We're, we're essentially a, a marketplace that allows them to, to get information, get their needs met. And, and like I said, when, in, when, uh, when it makes sense, connecting them to the right service provider or real estate agent or, a you know, or lender or, or both. Um, so that's what, that's what we do at Ojo. Sounds real simple. It's the devil's in the detail. There's a lot to, <laughs> to do it successfully and a lot to do, a lot to do to do it at the scale that it's being done at. 
Yeah, I know you guys have really built something amazing over there. And, you know, and I just, you know, uh, lead flow is always a concern with real estate agents. So Ojo is definitely a solution for for lead flow, definitely yeah. a top of the funnel solution for you. Now, let's talk about something even uh, more fun, which is is your book. How do they get the uh, Dominant Thoughts book? Um, well, there's a website, dominantthoughts.com, and that will okay. give you more info on the book or just go to Amazon. Um, yeah. I've been having a lot of teams brokerages and yesterday even a real estate coach he ordered 85 of them for all the people he's coaching and so on any anyone that wants this for their team or brokerage or for any group of people um if you're going to order 20 or more just contact me directly contact me on social media contact me on the website dominant thoughts um or on my personal website chrisheller.co because we can get them in bulk uh for less money than they cost on on amazon yeah, you know, I was listening, I was running, uh, gosh, it's been about a month ago, and I was uh, listening to you and Tom. Uh, I think you were on Tom's podcast, and y'all were talking about dominant thoughts. And yeah. um, Tom brought up a really good uh, thought, and he says, this is one that our children need to read. And um, and I agree. This yeah. is one that uh, we need to read it, but but my children are going to read this book. Um, it's an easy read, so they can read it. It's a short read, so they will, they will read, read it, it. right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that's important right now. Yeah. And and um, but I just want uh, people to know that that like if you're going to buy one, buy two. And I'm not making anything off this dang book. I'm actually. Um, well, guess, and, and, guess what? I ain't making much off it either. Anyone who <laughs> read the book knows no. that. I, 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 from what I always heard, people say, Greg, are you ever going to write a book? I said, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that there's a lot, there's a lot of money in it. I'm sure John Maxwell would, would say different, but, yeah. uh, but for the most part, it's a contribution and, uh, you know, yeah. and I'm sure it's a joy for you to be able to take your experiences and just go through the whole process of getting it out of your head and getting it into some sort of book form. Well, so, all right. So I'm going to, I'm, you're, I'm smiling because I'm going to share something that I don't normally share because you made me think of it. I have four kids between the ages of 22 and 31. Yeah. And anyone who's a parent or a dad knows that your kids will only hear a certain amount of what you tell them. One of my main motivations for writing this book was that I want my kids to learn these lessons. And if I tell them or send them an email with these lessons, probably ain't going to work. But my hope is if they read it or their friend reads it and tells them, hey, you should read, have you read your dad's book? That they'll get them. And that was really one of the reasons I did this. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. So um, not only are they going to contribute or get a sense of your, your contribution, but the main thing is we all are. So, you know, Chris, you. I really, again, I thank you for, um, you know, joining me. It, obviously, a quick little text and you say yes, and I'll always do the same for you. Um, but thank you for your wisdom and your experience and your friendship, you know, for the, for the many, many years. Hey, Greg, it's my pleasure. I, I value the friendship. I appreciate you. I, uh, and I also love that you're doing this type of thing and helping the industry as a whole out there because, because yeah. we all need it. So I hope people are paying attention and watching. All right, bud. All right. For everybody that's, uh, you know, watching today, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please like, subscribe. You know how that works. It also it benefits us. Check out Chris Heller. Check out Dominant Thoughts. And if you need some lead flow, check out Ojo. Chris, thank you so much.